Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And welcome to another edition of the State of the Saints podcast. And I have a special guest with me. He's very unfamiliar to the show. My big brother, Mr. EJ Jones. What's going on, E? What's up, man? How you doing? What's up, people out there? Who That Nation, what's up? Man, we doing just fine, man. Thank you for your time once again, man. You ready to talk about some Saints? Of course. Yeah, man. (laughs) I mean, there's so much we can talk about, man. I mean, we're a couple, we're about a a week and some days moved from the NFL draft. And you have a lot of people out there that were kind of excited about, you know, some of the Saints picks. Some of them raised the eyebrow. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, we're a week removed. Everybody has time to adjust the Saints, uh, you know, making some moves. Uh, one move in particular that everybody's been talking about was the signing of Jameis Winston. Now, I talked about this uh, a couple days ago. I gave my uh, take on Jameis Winston. E, I want to hear from you. What do you What do you think about the Saints signing Jameis Winston? Yeah, I think he's a veteran. I, I think he could, you know bring a certain veteran leadership to the actual team mm-hmm. uh, to sound like a coach. But uh, in reality, I think this is more about him than it is about the actual team. Right. I think he has to learn how to be a, a true professional. What is dude, like 26, 27 years old? Yeah. I, mean, I could be wrong. 26, but I think 26. This is more about, yeah, I think it's more about him developing. He's seen exactly what they did for Teddy Bridgewater last year. And I'm thinking that they can probably do the same for him. That's what he's thinking, in my opinion. That's, that's that's what I see here. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think that he's an incredible quarterback. Um, I just think that he just turns the ball over at an alarming rate. I think we both can agree with yeah. that. Uh, you've been watching yeah. Jameis Winston since Florida State. I mean, this guy's always had turnover problems. And I said um, on, on the uh, video, I said I feel like he always had these issues, but he was just so talented to a point where coaches really didn't really, you know, tell him about these turnovers. I think the coaches kind of used them, used him to elevate their own careers and didn't really tell him about, uh, you know, the mistakes that he's making and stuff. They were so focused on, you know, keeping him at his morale high and, and not trying to, uh, you know, interfere with the way that he, you know, played the game of football. But now, you know, you're older, you know, you've been in the league five years, and you're still turning the ball over. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. No matter how talented you are, you can't turn the ball over. Uh, but I do want to ask you this. This next question is, um, where do you see Jameis Winston? Do you think that this is a short-term uh, situation, or could this possibly be a long-term uh, solution to the Saints' future quarterback issues? I mean, I think it's a uh, – I'd say two to three years – Two years being the most, mm-hmm. uh, I think, reasonable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see him being a backup quarterback for too long. Yeah. Like I said, dude, 26 years old. Right. A lot of people might still see him as a valuable quarterback, mm-hmm. especially if he has the opportunity to play because of the injury. Right. But I think they got him to compete with uh, Hill yeah. for the starting job or whatever, mm-hmm. potentially after this year. Now, if he beats out Taysom Hill, I mean, then you maybe have something or whatever. Because the crazy thing about it is Taysom has only played 
like a, a, a few games where he never started as actual quarterback. Right. And he's 30 years old. Right. James Winston <laughs> has been a starter for the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. And he's 26. Right. That's kind of a precarious situation to be in. Absolutely. But I do think James Winston, he's looking to start again in this league. I mean, this dude. I don't think he even scratched the surface of his potential. Right. He just careless for the ball. Yeah. I mean, so I don't think he's this LASIK. If that makes a difference in, in throwing 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns in the same season, <laughs> that's going to remain to be seen. I'm sure he's making on cutting down his interceptions. Right. I agree, man. You know, you don't throw for 5,000 yards and be trash, no matter if you're turning the ball over or not. Um, this is a guy is a tail of two quarterbacks. You you don't know what you're going to get. You know, I made a joke. I said, uh, you know, Forrest Gump said his mama told him life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Well, I feel like Jameis Winston is like that box of chocolates because you never know what you're going to get from Sunday to Sunday uh, watching him play, man. He might go out there, throw four touchdowns one week and then throw four interceptions the other week. So it's it's you know it's it's weird like how erratic his his quarterback play is, but I think the way the Saints actually play the game, e, I think it will be beneficial to him. Uh, Bruce Arians is more of a guy who wants you to uh, hit with the seven step drops, bombs away type. We all know the Saints aren't like that. The Saints are about those intermediate throws. Uh, you know, like they're not trying to throw the ball way down the field. There's very little deep balls. In the offensive playbook of the New Orleans Saints, it's mostly about timing and rhythm. So I feel like it'll be beneficial to him uh, for a guy that is not worried so much about making a play. It's about making a play, not the play. You know, like the Saints, okay, we're just getting five yards here, four yards there. They're okay with that because, you know, that's just the way that they play. You can say it's because of Drew Brees' arm strength or lack thereof these days, but the way that the Saints play, I feel like it would be beneficial to Jameis Winston. And to me, to be honest with you, man, I don't feel like this is going to be one of those situations where it's just Jameis Winston for one year. I feel like the Saints probably say if you come up in here and you play well, there will probably be a job for you in the future. The same way I feel about with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I feel like Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to be the next Saints uh, starting quarterback, but... It didn't happen that way. You know, I think the reason why is because Drew Brees got hurt and he had an opportunity to play. I feel like the Saints were just trying to hide him out until Drew Brees retired and then they were going to unleash him. But it didn't happen that way. The the NFL and other GMs across the NFL actually saw him play and that made him valuable uh, to the Carolina Panthers and other teams. So um, I think if Jameis Winston kind of hides out on the bench and gets better through practice, and everything like that, I feel like he could have a possibility of being a Saints uh, future starting quarterback. But um, Jameis Winston, I don't know if you've seen the interviewee, uh, but he uh, talked to the media. Um, he was talking a little bit about him um, coming into the locker room. I mean, he was saying all the right things. And I think a lot of people can admit that he he does have certain leadership qualities, but just the turnovers is a, is a huge issue. But I think that the Saints will be the team uh, to get him back on track. I mean, so I, I, that's my honest opinion on that. Well, we can go ahead and move on, man. Let's uh, go ahead and move on and talk about uh, Drew Brees. Uh, I was, uh, you, we were talking, um, you know, we were talking off the air, and we were talking a little bit about uh, someone that did uh, some kind of uh, evaluation. 
And what this person did was evaluated all 32 teams based on position and what their top positions were. And for the New Orleans Saints, it was no surprise that one was the offensive line and number two was the quarterback. So this is what the the NFL uh, thinks is the Saints' top positions. So, uh, E, I heard that you got into a little bit of a uh, war of words on social media about your stance on Drew Brees. So uh, would you mind telling the viewers what that was about and what that experience was for you? I think ESPN had, uh, I mean, you was talking about, like, images. Mm-hmm. But basically, by every position, they had which team and the logos was the best at this position. Right. So they had quarterback, Saints, offensive line, Saints, linebacker, uh, linebackers were the Steelers, cornerback mm-hmm. was the Ravens, kicker was the Ravens, punter was the Rams, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers was the Cowboys. Right. So, nah, I commented the dude comments. I'm like, man, the Saints don't have the best quarterback. I mean, they really don't. Now that Drew, this, at this point in Drew Brees' career, I mean, I know a lot of people going to get mad. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Now, hold up, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to. I, I want the the listeners to to hear you out, and so you can be very, very clear about this. You're saying that Drew Brees is not the best quarterback in the NFL. Am I correct? I'm saying Drew Brees. From Austin, Texas, who played at Purdue, <laughs> who've been the same quarterback since 06. It's not the best quarterback in the league no more. He, he's not. He's up there with the upper echelon quarterback, <laughs> but he is not numero uno anymore in the NFL. He, he is not, not at this point. Not after that playoff game. Yeah, see, the, the stats are going nice and everything, but he is not the best quarterback in the league. Mm. I think he's the best quarterback for the Saints. Mm. Uh, I think for Drew Brees to be a good quarterback, he don't have to be the quarterback that he used to be, if that makes any sense. Right. Basically, he don't have to sit back there like he's at Purdue uh, when he's first with the Saints throwing the ball 40 or 50 times a game. Right. I told the dude on Facebook that for Drew Brees to be a good quarterback, 20, 25 passes, right. a good running game, a good offensive line, mm-hmm. that's how Drew Brees – could be the best player in the NFL if he's stuck him to that. But he gets he's out of his depth now at 40 years old to be throwing the ball, throwing the ball 40 or 50 times a game. I don't think that that's that's not a strong suit anymore. It's not right. Well, you know that that sounds like something that's very controversial. We all know that the Who That Nation. Um, a lot of people can't see. Uh, past Drew Brees' imperfections. You know, they just see him as a quarterback that is just holier than thou, uh, the closest thing since Jesus Christ. But, um, you know, in reality, man, let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, Drew Brees, uh, you know, Drew Brees is an incredible quarterback, but he's not what he used to be. I think we can make an argument to say that Drew Brees is still, uh, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played the game, you know, and Agreed. he is one. He wanted to. He wanted the top three, top five quarterbacks in the league right now. But yeah. you know, the thing about it is, you know, what what gets people is the fact that Drew Brees has all these numbers. But to be honest with you, he don't really have much to show for it. I mean, you have one Super Bowl, and I know you know these Super Bowls. This Super Bowl that we talk about it makes us feel superior to Falcon fans. But when you look at Drew Brees and 
the numbers that he put up, you have to say to yourself, like, the Saints should have had way more than just one Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, people are looking at it like that. That's the reason why he gets snubbed off a lot of people's list. And I, I do get upset when he does get snubbed off the list. But when this person that's in front of you winning multiple Super Bowls and league MVPs and stuff, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's an argument that somebody can make. And a lot of people can make an argument to say that Drew Brees was uh, honestly his own demise. I mean, the fact that he took a, a substantial amount of money, refused to take pay cuts uh, for the Saints to go out here and get other players, you know, to make his, his you know, his early, I mean, his later run to the 2010s, 2011 years. It was because they didn't have an offensive line because Drew Brees took up the majority of the money. So a lot of people would say that's one of the reasons why, you know, the Saints didn't win multiple Super Bowls or didn't make Super Bowl appearances or didn't make it to the NFC Championship more than, you know, one time over this past decade, if I'm not mistaken. So you you have to, like, honestly wonder to yourself, like, you know, how great Drew Brees could have been in the eyes of a lot of people. People consider him great, but they don't consider him as all-time great in some circles. We do because we understand what he brings to the, to the organization. We know what this organization was back in the day. We know how bad the Saints were back in the day. And a lot of people, they feel like it, it's like this, man. It's like if you had a bed, right, back in the day, if you had a bed, and this bed was lumpy, and you had a bad night's sleep, and then all of a sudden you go to the Goodwill, <laughs> and you get another bed, and this bed isn't that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like this bed is much better than the bed that you have before. You're not going to be complaining about having a bad night's sleep because you're going to be thinking in your mind, man, this bed is better than the bed I had in the past. And that's the same way we look at Drew Brees. We look at Drew Brees like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he makes mistakes. But at the same time, it's not the worst thing in the world because I remember back in the day when Bobby Abel was quarterback or Billy Joe Hobart was quarterback or Billy Joe Tolliver or some of those other scrub quarterbacks the Saints had in the past. So I think that's a lot of people's uh, problem in the Huda Nation. And, and I feel like they don't look at Drew Brees sometimes and they don't criticize him, you know, fairly. You know, I think that Drew Brees is not above criticism. Uh, he's a great quarterback. But, I mean, like you said, he's not one of the – he's not the best quarterback in the NFL anymore. I mean, he's not. I mean, I have to agree with you on that. Is he one of the all-time greats? Absolutely. But he's definitely not the best anymore. And why do you think people are like that in your opinion? Why do you think that people uh, just can't seem to uh, see, uh, you know, pass uh, Drew Brees' – why they can't see his imperfections, I should say? Well, people have been clouded by his uh, ele- about the way he elevated the Saints. I mean, you said it best or whatever. I mean, before Drew Brees got here, I mean, you had Aaron Brooks, Bobby Bell. It was like in a catbird seat mm-hmm. or the damn Martin Rushmore quarterback for the New Orleans Saints if they have a such thing. Right. So it was those two. And between them, had a couple of playoff appearances and one playoff win. So in 2003, when he came after Katrina, I mean, his first year he went to the championship. Right. But you know people was on cloud nine. And I ain't right. Super Bowl three years later. Right. And now everybody, I mean, Drew Brees can run for governor next year. If you yep. want he can run for governor next year, 23 years from now. People still vote for him. Yep. 
That's true. In the present time, I mean, the fact of the matter is he's really not the best quarterback. I said it was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. This guy was in league MVP. This guy won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can compare the two. I'm talking about, like, present-day times. I mean, him, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you Brady going to have to take some step back. Yep. Uh, Rodgers. I mean, these young bucks, they're taking over this mantle or whatever. Right. And Drew Brees, he's in the top three, top five. Yeah. But back to the matter is, he's a 40-year-old man. He's been playing for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's on the tail end of his career. Right. He's a peak. So, I mean, that's pretty much why. People see him as a him elevating the city and a team. that never right. really had serious success. Mm-hmm. That's why people... Like a sense of being in denial, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want anybody to think when they're listening to this, like we just bashing Drew Brees, and we don't see Drew Brees as achievement, and we don't think that Drew Brees is great. I mean, I went on live a couple of days ago, and I talked about how you know Drew Brees is you know one of the all time greats. We're gonna look back, and we're gonna really appreciate Drew Brees once he's not in the door, and once he's not throwing the football on Sundays anymore. And I still feel that way. But, I mean, we got to be realistic about this too, man. You know, we can't just be around here wearing uh, Saints rose-colored glasses and and can't see past other people's shortcomings, man. We got to understand, like, we got to critique this the right way. You know, I mean, this isn't a, you know, a blow-smoke-up type uh, podcast. And I don't think anybody else should run their podcast like that. You know, I'm not trying to say how people need to run their stuff. But I think that people owe it to... You know, the the listeners and the viewers of anything that they're doing, Saints related, to give an honest, you know, honest, uh, object, uh, objective uh, view on uh, the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees or whatever player, coaches. You know, I, I feel that way. And realistically, folks, you know, I mean, you got to say that he's not what, he, you know, what he used to be. I mean, we hear about this all the time. I, I mean, I read different type of comments, people talking about how his arm strength diminished. And, man, look, we can't look past, like, some of these past playoff performances and act like they didn't exist. And we can oh, we can do what everybody loves to do, talk about the offensive line. Anytime Drew Brees have a bad game, it's the offensive line, fault. Oh, the offensive line ain't blocking. But it's amazing to me how the offensive line is one of the top in the league. And, you know, we don't want to talk about that. But when Drew Brees has issues – Oh, it's the offensive line fault. Man, stop it. We need to cut that out. You know, he's, he, he, we have to be objective about these things. But, I mean, is he a great quarterback? Yes. Is he in the top three? Yeah, I would say he is. I wouldn't even say in the top five. I'd say he's in the top three, but he's not the best right now. The last time, you know, we seen Patrick Mahomes, he was hoisting a Lombardi trophy. And people can say, well, Drew has one too, but... Man, that was 10 years ago. And you have these young quarterbacks that's coming in right now. These guys, like you said, he had taken the league by storm. And uh, we can't, like, avoid this and act like this don't happen just because number nine is still playing for the Saints. But, um, E, we're going to go ahead and move on. We're going to do a little uh, Saints Q&A. You ready? Yeah. All right. Now, these questions are uh, courtesy of uh, viewers of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, they come from Facebook.com, uh, and you can go to Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints podcast and uh, inbox, or you can comment and send your questions in. All right, so the first question comes from Don Matthews. 
He says, got a few questions, TJ. Have you looked into the undrafted uh, free agents like Callaway? Also, what are your top five things the Saints must do to win the chip this year, barring injury? E, let's go ahead and start with this. Um, undrafted free agents. Have you looked at the undrafted free agents up for the Saints? And what do you think about them? Um, let's see. For us, like the undrafted free agent. Well, let's start um, with Marquise Callaway. Two. Let's let's start with Marquise Callaway out of uh, Tennessee. Now, you're you're familiar with the SEC. Um, I'm pretty sure you probably heard of this young man. Uh, so, what what do you think about uh, Marquise Callaway? Marquise Callaway, uh, speedy dude out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Wide well, receiver. If I do say so myself. Um. I think they might have a place. You know, usually these guys, the first way you get on any team, especially if you're an undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. is through like special teams or right. something like that. Right. But I think it's good an opportunity that's probably going to come like during the preseason and training and training camps and places like that. Right. Dude has a lot of speed. He's like six one, two hundred seventy pounds. Out of Georgia, well, right. not wide receiver. Corner, he plays on wide receiver, but he's a cornerback. Right. So. uh Lord knows he could probably use some additional help at cornerback. Right. So, uh, well, Patrick, Patrick Robinson, and I, I ain't going to. I think we've talked enough about the cornerback. <laughs> I think there's an opportunity for him on special teams. That's usually how you're going to make a team. Right. If there's no positions available, mm-hmm. there's always positions available. But, yeah, I think he can make a, a splash at one special team. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, man. Uh, Marquis uh, Callaway, I think he's a good guy. I'm looking at this list right here. Uh, another guy that kind of stands out for me um, is the, the the linebacker Roach out of uh, Texas. Um, this was a guy that a lot of yeah. people uh, have high expectations about. They feel like he could possibly make the team. I mean, I watched him play a couple games at Texas. I think that he can be a disruptor for the team. Uh, I mean, also the offensive lineman out of LSU, uh, people are making a big deal out of that. You know, we personally, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I just can't get down with it, man. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't buy into like the whole LSU Saints hype. People get upset, but when the Saints don't draft LSU players, look, if they don't want to draft LSU players because they feel like another player is better than the LSU player, I have no problem with that, man. Um, I don't feel like just because you're in the same state as a college, you need to be drafting all their players, or you have you have this this obligation to draft a player. You know, I don't believe that. So I think that uh, you know those are a couple guys that signed uh, Juwan Johnson, I think his name out of uh, Oregon. He's another guy, mm-hmm. uh, big physical guy, six four, about two thirty. Um, I think that he can play like a Brandon Coleman type, uh, you know, Brandon Coleman type role, but Honestly, man, I think that the Saints between uh, wide receivers like Lil Jordan Humphreys, and we still don't know what Emmanuel Butler can do. I mean, there's so many other young wide receivers on the Saints team, and um, these guys are really going to have their work cut out because the Saints have a, a, a lot of young uh, wide receivers, you know, and with a mixture of a lot of veteran wide receivers, uh, I, I think that they're going to have to uh, really step their game up. I mean, I feel like Deontay Harris is going to take a step forward. I think that he is probably going to be the new version of Ted Ginn Jr. for the Saints. Um, and also, I, like I said, I think Emmanuel Butler is going to step up. I think you're going to see uh, more of a uh, different Traquan Smith. You know, I think that 
um, the, the, the pressure of not being the number two receiver, he can kind of just take a step back and just kind of play his own game. So, I mean, these guys have a lot of work cut out. But I look at people like Roach, you know, out of uh, Texas, uh, you know, a big physical guy, you know, get pressure on a quarterback. Um, I think that he, you can honestly get a lot of uh, – man, you can get a lot of production out of that kid. But everybody else, I feel like they're going to get their work cut out. Uh, they got their work cut out in order for them to make the team. That's just my honest opinion. Uh, but there, yeah. there, there's some there's some pretty decent guys. And uh, the next part of the question was, uh, what are the top five things the Saints must do to win the chip this year, barring injury? I'll go ahead and start with this, E. Um, the top five things I feel like the Saints need to do. Uh, number one, uh, they don't need to give up big plays, all right? They don't need to give up big plays late in games. That is what been killing the Saints all season long in some of these big crucial games them not be able to make stops where it matters most. That's number one. Number two, you got to run the football. Look, you got to run the football. You can't be throwing the ball. E, you said it earlier when we were talking about Drew Brees. You can't be throwing the ball 45, 50 times a game with a 41-year-old quarterback and think you're going to win somebody championship doing that. Absolutely not. So you got to be able to run the football. Uh, number three, they got to get a little bit more physical defensively. You know, sometimes I feel like they get a little soft. You know, especially in the secondary, guys don't want to get up and try to make no hits. I feel like somebody like Malcolm Jenkins, that's going to be a leader in the secondary. I think he is going to kind of give these guys, um, you know, you know, a, a different type of uh, dynamic than they're not used to. A veteran that'll go out there and lead by example. Probably won't be afraid to hit somebody, and that probably will allow those guys to, you know, start feeding off the the synergy of Malcolm Jenkins. And probably get a little bit more physical, man. I feel like, you know, they just got to get a little bit more physical because sometimes I feel like teams kind of out-physical them uh, when it matters most. Uh, number four, uh, you got to make sure that you take uh, Drew Brees and, and and make it less of Drew Brees. You know, like more, less of Drew Brees is more for the New Orleans Saints. You, know, you don't want to ask him to do too much, uh, you know, with the offense. You don't want to do that, okay? And and last but not least, number five, you got to get pressure on the quarterback. Look, it can't be just Cam Jordan out there getting pressure on the quarterback. <coughs> Excuse me. It got to be more than Cam Jordan. It got to be other guys, too. It got to be Marcus Davenport. It got to be Sheldon Rankins. It got to be Shot Tuttle. I mean, it got to be Mario Edwards. I mean, it got to be some of these other guys out here getting pressure on the quarterback. And um, the secondary really got to do their part in order for those the guys to get to the quarterback in those three seconds. But those are the top five things I feel like the Saints need to do in order for them to win a championship. What about you, E? Mine are some of the same ones. was a little bit more precise. Mm-hmm. First thing they need to do, it was the second on your, your list. is the first on my list. Run the ball. Yep. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. <laughs> and I mean run the ball. I mean run the ball 25, 30 times a day. <laughs> You run the ball 25, 30 times a game. Drew Brees don't throw the ball 30, 40 times a game. Mm. He he's phased back and he throw the ball more. That's most likely a, uh, him most likely getting sacked as a higher number of him getting sacked. Right. So you run the ball. Then you got a young run back in, in Elvin Kamara. And you got a young running back. And you have a, actually have a third string running back who who's not that bad. I mean, you have right. to have willing running backs. Who want to run the ball or whatever? Hmm. Second, 
spread the ball around. I know Michael Thomas, he catch anything. He'll catch COVID-19. <laughs> he's out there and available. But it is. But a man caught 150 balls last year. Right. It's time to spread the ball around. So we need somebody. Yeah, whether it's Harris to play more of a line. I'm, I'm glad we got Emmanuel Sanders. He does have a habit right. of being open. Yeah. So I'm glad that we actually have him to take some of the burden off of Michael <coughs> Thomas. Right. So we need to have Cook. Hopefully he stays healthy this year and don't be illegally hit like he did that 49 game. Right. So the third one will be sacks. We do need to get sacks. It's not all about Cam George. And we know he's probably going to make the Pro Bowl this year, born in or something like that. Right. I think the math number for the Saints would be from 40 to 50 sacks this year. I think if they can get that, they can have a good year. The fourth one and probably the most important one of all is the Saints getting pumped. They oh, have yeah. to play like Saints, and that's not a good thing. Right. Last year in that Minnesota game, and that was the last time that we seen the Saints. They got yep. pumped yep. right in the Super Bowl. Right. Right in the Super Bowl in these nice white uniforms, but they like to play them. Right. They got pumped. And Minnesota came here, see what they was gonna do, did, and they did it, and you got punk. Right. And if you're gonna put on that black or white jersey, you need to go out there and play. Just because you playing in the Superdome, don't mean somebody's just gonna roll over and let you beat them over there. Right. You gotta go out and take it. The manhood take everything, force it right down <laughs> their throat, and, and, and take it from people. I mean, you right. can't just you know on the field. Oh, we gonna win. Go out there and do it. Go out there, you know. Beat the brakes on somebody, and that's what we see. The fifth one would be, it's on squarely on this one person, Sean Payton. Is he going to go into the season and yeah, we're going to see both contender and all, and do the same exact thing he's been doing for the last two or three years? No, make no kind of changes to anything as far as like game planning. And yeah, it's good to have Taysom Hill and everything, but you have Alvin Kamara. You have two good running backs. You do have a tight end now. Make some changes to these play calls. Going a more, I hate to say it, but conservative type weight and running his ball. Hmm. This season, I think, is going to show him pace. Well, the Saints, you know, 8 and 8, a horse that will board a trophy at the end of the year, hmm. is squarely on him. Yep. He calls plays. If the Saints wind up in the top 10 running the ball and passing, which we know we all did or they will be, I can see them winning the Super Bowl. Hmm. They had to be in the top 10. Offensively and defensively, in my opinion, they would have to get 40 to 50 sacks, mm. and they have to keep Drew Brees upright and not allow him to get sacked no more than maybe, I would say, no more than 20 times. Mm. I think if they can do that, I think they'll have a good chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. Mm. Man, that's, that's an interesting top five right there, mixed. Makes a lot of sense to me, man, you know, uh, but I think we both can agree, you know, some things going to have to change offensively, and that starts with running the football and taking the ball out of the hands of Drew Brees. Uh, we're going to move on, though. Uh, uh, Willie uh, Matoya says, uh, who's going to be the deep threat for the Saints? In my opinion, that's going to be Deontay Harris. Uh, I think that Deontay yeah. Harris, uh, I think the Saints showed that when Taysom Hill threw that ball to him for 55 yards. Um, you you saw him like on some jet sweeps. I remember a couple games, man, when it looked like Deontay Harris, one of the best players on the field. And and honestly, man, in that Minnesota game, he played pretty well. I see that guy he, he maneuvering through people. He be fighting for extra yards. He drop his head. You know, like he, he plays tough and physical. He's not afraid uh, to go out there. 
and perform. And um, I think that he has a lot of talent, man. I think this guy could be uh, another Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, man. He has a lot of speed, uh, and he's really raw. So I, I really feel like he's going to be the deep threat for the Saints. And the Saints might even try to send Emmanuel Sanders out there as a deep threat. I mean, he can get open as well, man. He still got some wheels, even though he's 33 years old. What about you, E? What do you, who do you think is going to be the deep threat? He will be the D threat. Harris will be the D threat. Mm-hmm. My thing is though, you have Smith. Uh, I think you still have uh, Austin. You still have him. You have Emmanuel Sanders. who's not really known as a D threat. Michael Thomas not really known as a D. Yeah. I think you need a number two D threat. Back when the Saints was real successful with vertical routes, right. first corner routes, twin routes. Mm-hmm. They had Devery Henson and they had and they had Robert Meacham. Yeah, both of these guys were like real fast guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you had one running this route, and you had the other one running the other route or whatever. That's right. two speedy receivers. I think for them to really get vertical with the team, I mean, they gonna really have to. One play I wish the Saints would have got back when he was available to be drafted was Debo Samuel. I see him with the Forty Nine ers mm-hmm. like. Every time I see him, I'm like, man, I was the Saints could have drafted him. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. So it is what it is. But, man, that dude, he's a physical receiver. He's a speedy receiver. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what they're missing. I mean, Harris, he he, he kind of vertically challenged when it comes to height. So he would have to outrun a lot of people. Right? He goes like five seven or something like that. Right. I know he's pretty short. So when you want to get you a speedy receiver, he's about a good six, six foot. Six foot one, somebody can get out there and beat people pretty much. Right. So Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's going to have to fit that bill. Unless somebody, uh, one of these free agents, um, draft free agents they have, like this dude Moquez Callaway. Right. I mean, I'm looking at him, six foot two, two oh four. Right. Maybe he's one of those people that can get down field in a hurry. But they're they going to need at least two. Yeah. I mean, this this Saints team is not like the team. From 09 and 10 and 11, the four or five receivers, it's not like that. Two, three receivers, a, a tight end, and Alvin Kamara. And that's, mm. that's what they're giving right there. Right. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, this year right here, you know, they're going to need uh, all hands on deck, and they're going to have to change the way that they play offense. Can't be so predictable like, you know, in the past. Uh, this next question comes from Eric West, and it says, TJ, is signing AK-41 a present issue for the Saints right now, or could you imagine Leonard Fournette becoming a Saint next year? Well, you know, uh, E, that Leonard Fournette, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, didn't pick up his 50 option, which wasn't a surprise to me. Um, look, I would not give up uh, Alvin Kamara for Leonard Fournette. Look, I mean, I like, well... I like Leonard Fournette, but I don't like Leonard Fournette's passion for the NFL. I feel like there are some players that want to be great, and then there are some players that are just glad that they made it. And Leonard Fournette, in my opinion, is a guy that's just glad that he made it. You know, I don't think I don't see greatness when I see Leonard Fournette. I, I don't I don't see a guy that wants to be great, a guy that wants to have a gold jacket one day a guy that wants to be remembered as one of the greatest running backs in the NFL. And, and he, you know, I have to say, man, I'm very disappointed in Leonard Fournette. I feel like a guy with his talent and his ability, uh, he should be well further along than he is in the NFL. 
And, you know, people, you know, got mad at me and say, man, I must don't watch Leonard Fournette. Yes, I do. I watch Leonard Fournette play, and he, he has, like, th- this whole Randy Moss-type mentality. Like, I play when I want to play. I see some games where he can, you know, seem like he the best running back on the field, and then he got other plays where I feel like he phoned it in. And, uh, you know, I, I would not want him – to be the running back for the Saints, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sign him. I wouldn't give him a, a long term deal. I definitely wouldn't pay him among some of the best running backs in, in the NFL because, in my opinion, he doesn't deserve it. I mean, that just that's just my honest assessment on Leonard Fournette. Uh, e, what do you think about Leonard Fournette, and do, could you see him in with the Saints? Oh, I like Leonard Fournette. I, I like the way he, he, he does run. Think about it is I can't see him with the Saints. If you don't sign Elvin Kamara to a new deal and you decline this shit you get his, and you do gonna sign him with him for that, what good would that do? You still gonna wind up having to pick him for that right. for money. That's the same reason he left Jacksonville because they didn't sign his contract. All you be doing is swapping a uh, running back. Right. You'll still have to fork out thirty, forty million dollars mm-hmm. for about three or four years for a running back. So I don't feel a need for it. Leonard Fournette and Elvin Kamara are two different running backs. Right. Elvin Kamara is more like a Roger Craig type, Marshall Fall type running mm-hmm. back. Leonard Fournette is more like an Earl Campbell, Adrian Peterson like running back. Right. Leonard Fournette, he runs, he, he's a body running back. What that means pretty much is the more you get on the ball, the stronger he gets, the longer the runs get. So the runs go from three, five yards. Then in the fourth, third or fourth quarter, he'll go from like, Three, five yards, twenty yards, forty yards, or something like that. Right. Elvin Kamara, you can get out the backfield. You can give him the ball, and he's strong enough to run between the tackle. Mm-hmm. And he's good enough. He's like another wide receiver. He's outrunning routes. Yep. So you can't fit. I don't. I don't believe so. I don't think you can fit Leonard Fournette in a system with somebody like the Saints or the Chiefs or. Leonard Fournette fits with the Ravens. That's the team that he fits with. Right. In my opinion. That's the team that just broke the record for the most rushing yards in the season. That's the team that he fits with. Can you imagine Leonard Fournette, Lamar Jackson, and, and Mark Ingram in the backfield? That is sick. Yeah. But somebody with the Saints? No, nah, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I can't see that. Mm-mm. Yeah, man, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I'm not – look. I don't think that uh, Alvin Kamara contract issue is a pressing issue because I think what the Saints did in this year's NFL draft told you uh, that they, they're going to try to pay some of these 2017 uh, standouts. I mean, that's just a fact. Um, I mean, I, I, ha- I don't think i ever seen an NFL draft where a team just got four players about that thing. Would have been three. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, and, and we're content with that. You know, the Saints understand – uh, what they have, and they understand that uh, some of the players that they picked in the 2017 draft uh, were players that are going to demand a lot of money. So, and this draft right here uh, kind of showed you that that's what they, you know, were trying to focus on. And, and honestly, the 2021 draft is going to be the same way, in my opinion. I think it's going to be, you know, the same way. I think the 2021 draft is going to be uh, like a 2017 draft, they're going to try to approach it that way because now you have uh, guys that are, that are on the payroll and the, the checkbook is a little bit limited. You know what I'm saying? So 
uh, they're going to uh, have to like really have a good draft in 2021. But they're definitely going to pay Alvin Kamara, in my opinion. You don't let somebody like Alvin Kamara go. And I get, I get it. You know, people upset the way that he played last season and stuff. But, man, the dude been in the league three years. Dude played, <laughs> dude played really good his rookie season. He was off as a rookie of the year. Second season, he played really well. Third season, everybody complained about him. They won't kick him out of the door. That, my friends, is a classic example of a Saints fan. They they love you from play to play. That's what it is. They love you on first down, hate you on second down, love you on third down, hate you on fourth down. That's, that's just, that is a true Saints fan for you. We're going we gonna to do one more E and we're going to get up out of here, man. This comes from my guy Simba. My, my guy Simba, what's going on, man? He says, uh, could you see a future where both Winston and Teddy both have a place in the offense and extend this offense past just this year? Uh, Simba, man, shots out to you once again. No, no, I don't, man. I don't see Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, Jameis Winston being on the same team, I, I don't see that. I think both guys have starting quarterback qualities. We're going to see what Teddy got in, in Carolina, man. We rooting for him. You know, regardless if you, uh, you know, hate Carolina or not, man, you got to respect Teddy Bridgewater, what he did for the Saints. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy that made Saints fans love him. I mean, I remember th this guy like in preseason – they were like, man, this guy sucks. Get this guy up out of here. And then when Drew went down, he won those five games, and everybody in the whole Superdome were chanting his name. This is a guy right here that, that earned the respect of not only the NFL, but Saints fans all over this country. So I'm rooting for him. But I don't see no way him and Jameis Winston being on the same team. What do you think, E? Nah, I mean, I don't see the need for it. Mm-mm. They were on the same age. Yeah. I mean, Bridgewater, shoot, Lord knows. And we just came back from a horrific injury. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, he's like somebody you can see yourself hanging out with or whatever. Oh, yeah. This guy don't have a call. This guy used to bike to work. Yeah. He, he, he used to bike to, 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 to the Superdome for football games. Right. You can see this man, him and Elk America, see them around town on Bourbon Street or somewhere. Eating beignets down here or something like that. That's right. not personable to do what. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, dude always been slept on. He, he slept on. He was with Louisville. And all he did was beat a, I think Florida was fourth in the nation when he beat mm -hmm. him in a, in a Superdome for the Sugar Bowl one year. Right. Then he go to Minnesota. And he slept on there. Yep. And then he went there, got to the playoffs. So it was that injury that kind of cut his career short or whatever. Mm -hmm. Before his, like, playing career up, to the, up until that point. Right. The guy kind of almost had to reset his career mm -hmm. to get back to the way he's supposed to be or whatever. Yep. I mean, yeah, I'm going to be cheering for him for the rest of his career. Yep. The thing about it is, I mean, he's in the NFC South. So yep. two games, I'm going to not cheer for him. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully he moves. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I Him and James Whitman playing on the same team, and I don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't see it either, man. But like you said, uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was extremely personable. I remember my homeboy, man, shots out of my boy Curtis Jones. Him and his friends was, like, doing, like, a little uh, pickup game. And uh, all of a sudden, on a bike, rolls up Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> in the middle of the <laughs> road to the eight ward. <laughs> and just, it, it was out there throwing a the football around, man. 
and, and you know, just randomly, man, like he just an average Joe Blow, man. That's just the type of person uh, that Teddy Bridgewater is. And um, like you say, man, I'm rooting for him for the exception of two games out of the year. And uh, I don't see him and uh, Jameis Winston playing on the same team. But this has been the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, once again, thank you very much for your questions you submitted. Uh, please submit your questions, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. You can inbox or you can comment below a video or a status, uh, sending your questions, or you can email uh, at at gmail.com. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, e, thank you so much for, uh, you know, being a part of the show once again, and uh, I'll let you uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, you can get in touch with me at uh, Emmanuel Jones Senior at uh, Facebook. That's my, that's my full name. I don't have my sports page set up yet, but uh, I'm really thinking about jumping into it on a on a, on a more of a steady basis. Yeah, and have my brother learn from the. Radio uh, console and uh, <laughs> radio genius, pretty much. So I to get my my. Uh, you might start hearing more about uh pick six and their future. So you know, keep an eye on that. Yeah, man, absolutely, man. We're looking forward to that. And I'm not a genius, man. I tell people all the time. You know, I owe a lot to you. You know, as far as growing up, I mean. Yeah, I just used to watch you read magazines, and uh, we used to quiz each other about players and what college they went to the past time as we walked home. Uh, they take that 25, 30-minute commute walking home. We used to quiz each other on uh, football players, man. And, and for that, man, just came passion, man, and love for sports and a love for broadcasting, man. I mean, you used to sit down on that floor and, and listen to Grandmama Den, too, you know, listening to Jim Henderson because those Saints games were blacked out, and, and you know, so I hope I owe a lot to you, and you know, I think you're one of the main reasons why I love sports so much. Jim Henderson, the main reason I love broadcasting, though. <laughs> what doesn't funnier than, than Jim Henderson on a call when the Saints just do something that's just mind-boggling? I mean, it was just classic shtick. You know, Jim Henderson is the man. But man, thank you so much, E. Uh, thank you so much for your time. This has been. The State of the Saints podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search The State of the Saints podcast, facebook.com, search The State of the Saints podcast. Much love to everybody out there. Stay help, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay home if you don't have to go out, all right? Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>